So our text for this morning's meditation is from the gospel reading. We heard a few moments ago these words in particular, and he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? That's Matthew 8, 26. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that is a good question, isn't it? That's a good question. That is, why are we afraid? Why are we afraid? And a second question is like it, how is our fear related to our faith, our faith in Jesus Christ. Is there even a relationship there? If so, what is it? This gospel, Luther preached, this gospel gives us an example of faith and unbelief. In order that we may learn how powerful and mighty faith is and that it of necessity has to do with great and wondrous things and that it accomplishes that it accomplishes nothing but wonders. And that on the other hand, unbelief is so faint-hearted, so shamefaced and trembling with fear that it can do nothing whatsoever. So Luther, returning to our text, the incident in the gospel reading, sure, we were not on the boat there with Jesus, but we have been on a boat. I mean, if we have lived in Minnesota, we've been on a boat. And we've been on a boat when the wind is suddenly picked up and thunder and lightning and rain appearing suddenly out of nowhere. And then we found ourselves speeding across the lake hoping to get to the landing, the boat out of the water and ourselves back in our pickup trucks. What were we afraid of? Probably as we sped across the lake, our head down, We were suffering at that moment from a bit of astrophobia. That is a fear of lightning. That's a common fear, a well-founded fear. We all know people who have been struck by lightning. I myself know at least four. So hearing our Savior ask his disciples, why are you afraid, might not strike us as that significant Then, given the situation, for at that moment there certainly was something to fear. It's not like fear isn't a problem. It's not like fear isn't a problem. A problem in all of our lives appearing at any given moment throughout any specific day. Now, being curious about the extent of fear, the role of fear in our lives, even when we're not caught in a storm on a lake, I did a little searching And I ran across a list of the most commonly held fears today, the most common fears from which people suffer. Surprisingly, it turned out that there were no less than 107 of them. 107 fears commonly held by people today. Fears like ashluophobia, which is a fear of darkness, acrophobia, fear of heights, aerophobia, fear of flying, algophobia, fear of pain. Now, 
Those are all familiar fears, aren't they? Pretty common, I'd say. There's also a telephobia, that's a fear of imperfection. A tichophobia, fear of failure. Categelophobia, which is a fear of being ridiculed. Now, I'm not going to go through all 107. Cyberphobia, fear of computers. Sinophobia, fear of dogs. Dystichophobia, which is a fear of accidents. Entomophobia, fear of insects. There's hydrophobia, fear of water. Hypochondria, fear of illness. Misophobia, fear of dirt and germs. Ophidiophobia, fear of snakes. Trypanophobia, fear of needles. Xenophobia, fear of strangers. And my favorite, my favorite of the 107 on the list, hippopotomonstrosesquipedaliophobia. You know what that is? I'll say it again. At least I'll try to say it. Hippopotomonstrosesquipedaliophobia. That's the fear of long words. It's true. No, I did not. (laughs) And there are a lot of fears. A lot of things to be feared. But so what? Fears are necessary. Fears keep us from doing stupid things. Fears keep us out of dangers. Fears keep us safe. Yes, that's true. But of course, fear also causes us not to do things we should do. Primarily, love. Love our neighbor, love our family members, love our friends, love our co-workers. Yes, yes, we learned in confirmation that commandments 4 through 10 are summarized, but what Jesus taught us, and that is we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And, of course, commandments 1 through 3 are summarized also by the words of our Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. Now, here's a really funny thing. In our sin, we find ourselves, especially in this modern age, not fearing not fearing what we should fear, and that's God himself. God himself. And conversely, fearing so many things which we should not because in our fear, in our fear, we are then unable to love. For how can we love anyone if we're frightened of them? How can we love anyone if we're fearful of the environment in which they live? How can we love anyone if day to day to day we ourselves live from one moment to the next living in fear of this and that and the other thing? So it's fear that dooms us to an action. Fear that dooms us to an action. Think here the parable of the talents. Of the servant who being fearful, fearful of his master, doesn't use the talent given to him, but he buries it in the ground. So often when it comes to our fears, when it comes to love, it seems that we do nothing other than Sodom Hussein towards the end of his life, and that is in our fear. We metaphorically dig a hole in the ground, and we jump in it, and we cover ourselves with a piece of plywood. But pastor, those dangers are real. Yes, you're right, they are real. Very real. All 107 of them. So what do we do? My confirmation memory text is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. 
for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now these are the words of God. The words of God to Joshua after the death of Moses. The words of God to Joshua as the children of Israel were about to embark upon their entry into the promised land. Now you remember what happened there. How the children of Israel had arrived initially on the border of the promised land over 30 years before. Only to cower in fear doubting that they could conquer the land. And it was because of that doubt stemming from fear that they then wandered in the wilderness until a new generation would arrive at the promised land and and move forward without fear, truly believing that their Lord, their God, was with them. So God commanded Joshua not to live in fear. God commanded Joshua not to live in fear. Why? Because the Lord, our God, was with him. Now Jesus in our text raised the question of the fear of the disciples. Why? Because he was with them. He was with them in that boat there on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus is also with us. Jesus is also with us every day in the boat of our lives. And yet, our unbelief doesn't see Jesus there. Unbelief, so Luther, sees nothing. Unbelief sees nothing but what it experiences. And it doesn't experience life and salvation and safety, but death and damnation and danger. And what does faith do? Faith drives the wind and waves of danger out of our minds and pictures in our minds the power and grace of God promised to us in his holy word. And faith relies upon that word. The word given to the disciples, the word given to Joshua, the word given to us through our entire lives, throughout our lives. And so in that word, our life becomes an immovable rock. And the sun brightly shines upon us. And our life is calm. And there's no storm and raging. What is, now listen up, what is the great characteristic and power of faith but to see what is not visible and not to see what is visible. I'll repeat that. What is the great characteristic and power of faith but to see what is not visible and not to see what is visible? This is the victory that has overcome the world, we read in 1 John. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. But why is that so? Why does faith overcome the world? Why does faith change the way we look at the world, even the dangers of the world that work in us fear? Well, faith does all of these things because of the one in whom faith believes. That's Jesus Christ our Lord. So the hymn stands. We all know faith looks to Jesus Christ alone who did for all the world atone. He is our one Redeemer. And the hymn stanza puts it this way, because only through faith in Christ are we redeemed from the sin that plagues us and with sin guilt and shame and fear. Fear that we will in fact be overcome by the world or the devil or our flesh in some way. What Christ did on the cross, dying there for our sin, dying for our transgressions, dying for our trespasses was then followed by our justification in his resurrection from the dead demonstrating that what had happened on the cross was successful 
that Christ had indeed conquered sin and therefore death. And this is why, this is why then Christ could say to his disciples, even before his crucifixion and resurrection, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And that's why in Christ we can have peace. Faith looks to Jesus Christ who has overcome the world and overcome the world for us. So what then do we do with our fear? Whatever it is, that fear may be. Here we must remember that the fear that we should have is a fear of God. And that is an utter respect for his power and might and authority as our creator, as the one who actually can forgive sin. So the Psalms, in you is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. But what is that fear of the Lord but the beginning of wisdom, as we read in Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is even instruction in wisdom, we read there. And to the extent that our old Adam, who can only see the world and fear what he sees, to the extent that the old Adam is not in the driver's seat in our hearts and minds and souls, the new man can consider that that fear with which he is faced in the context context of the wisdom and the fear of the Lord. So that's what we do. We see a fear, we put it in the context of our fear and uh, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ even we could say. So an example, the old Adam can be frightened to fly in an airplane that cruises at 30 to 35,000 feet in the air at 650 miles an hour. Now such a fear can be confronted logically with statistics and history and all sorts of other things, but ultimately whether a plane flies or crashes is not in the hands of man but of God. So it's in the fear of the Lord that we might with boldness and confidence step onto that airplane to do that which our old Adam is screaming at us not to do. As the disciples, we need always to take our eyes off the wind, to take our eyes off the waves of life and focus and faith on our Lord and Savior Jesus who is actually with us. He's with us. Yes, unseen, but actually there. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.